Hello, hello. Welcome to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. I'm your host, AC. Here is where we discuss all things faith and family. I share real life stories of home life as a wife, mother of five, home educator, and all the learning curves my family and I are journeying through. As you can imagine, we're in a busy season and I have a lot to share. The goal, getting back to the basics of raising strong families. Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. This is episode 13 entitled Isolation. I was on bed rest from a procedure that I had this past summer. My brain was in such a medicated fog, I could barely piece together sentences and uh, or remember names for that matter. At one point, I, I, I had to stop taking the, the hydrocodone because I was literally sick of being in a haze and I just wanted my brain back. I stopped taking the heavy meds and settled for like low dose Motrin. The first thing I did once I came up out of the brain fog was write. I finished a piece that I had started earlier in the year on the topic of isolation, but that was related to some physical isolation that I was dealing with. Today, I want to talk about those two experiences of a physical and mental isolation, and I want to bring some clarity to the situation um, just by way of God and what he was whispering to my spirit about it. Before we jump into that segment of the podcast, let's jump into some AC Pearls. AC Pearls. There are a lot of scripture verses in the Bible that deal with the topic of isolation. Depending on the context, some people are in isolation because of uh, abandonment. Others withdraw and isolate themselves because they're angry or they're not fulfilled in their social circles. Then there are some, like myself, who use isolation as a means to retreat from the busyness of the world and to reconnect with God and sometimes myself. (laughs) The list is not exhaustive. Allow me to put a twist on the topic of isolation and offer a scripture that I think will tie into uh, the two experiences I had with isolation and it brought me the most clarity on the matter. Second Kings six fifteen through 18. Now, when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city and his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. When they came down to him, Elijah prayed to the Lord and and, and said, Strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Isn't it interesting how the attendant of the man of God, which is Elijah, he couldn't see. He couldn't see the the host of angels that are that were right there ready to go to war for him. Elijah had to pray and, and ask 
the Lord to open his eyes. When And then Elijah prayed that the Aramean army who were coming to capture him would be struck with blindness. I just find this story incredibly interesting because in my own life, I'm always praying and praying and asking God, what am I not seeing? What am I missing? Why is this relationship or situation seemingly more complicated than what it needs to be? And I pray and ask God to open my eyes. And you know what? <laughs> the majority of the time he's using certain people or, or situations to reveal something in me reveal something to me and to teach me y'all the Holy Spirit be telling on folks. I know for a fact that if, if you're walking with God and in tune with his instruction for your life, God will tell on people. He'll tell on the people around you. If you have ears to hear and a heart to, to kind of obey his instruction and help you to read the situation. I don't know about, I don't know about your walk, but for me, just like the prophet Elijah knew the words of the king of Aram, uh, what he was speaking privately in his bedroom, the Holy Spirit, he'd be, he'd be telling me some things. I'm not a prophet, nor do I have anything to tell you beyond what's written in scripture that you can read for yourself. I'm simply sharing that I have experience um, with the truth of what's written in this, this scripture passage in second Kings chapter six. And man, it catches me off guard. Sometimes I can wash, I can be washing dishes, going about my work around the house. And God would just whisper to me. It's not audible. It's more of an impression on my heart. And he just tells me some things. And I'm just like, Whoa, like, Oh, okay. That's why this person is coming at me like this or, Oh, I never thought of it that way. And he just kind of brings me some clarity about, you know, my social interactions and um, some circumstances that I might be dealing with. That's a little difficult. And he'll just give me that clarity. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And then I start asking follow on questions like, okay, Lord, but what do I do with this information? So the servant of the man of God, which is Elijah, he panicked because all he could see was the immediate threat of an army encircling the city on horses and chariots. It's tempting to look at an immediate threat in front of us and panic or have a knee jerk reaction because of how we're feeling. When I'm in those situations, I have to remind myself to pause, slow down, slow down the, the drama and don't be hasty and simply pray. I ask God to, to open my eyes and help me to see the situation for what it is rather than its effect on me, its immediate effect because I'm seeing what's in front of me or how it's making me feel. Most of the time, God is revealing something I'd, I've been asking him for and he's simply using a person or a situation to answer a prayer. That's why I stopped praying. <laughs> I stopped praying for patience years ago. I remember I got on this kick, um, praying for patience because it was in my early twenties and I just felt that I could just use a heavy dose of patience, just dealing with, you know, I was in the Navy. Uh, I was stationed on Paris Island. I remember my son was like three years old. Life was just kind of 
it was heavy at the time. And I just remember asking, Lord, will you please help me to be more patient? And I'm, I'm here to tell you, that's like the worst thing to pray for. <laughs> it's a good thing to have, but when you pray for it, God is going to answer. And the way he answers those types of prayers is from what I've experienced. It's heavy and it's, 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 it's difficult. God brought a series of the worst and the most difficult women in my life that, that had, I, I just didn't, I didn't see it coming. I had no escape from the drama and the malicious attitudes and special personalities that he brought into my life. And I just remember pausing like, whoa, wait, Lord, what is this? Like, I didn't pray for this, but hey, those special personalities was later on, I realized they were the, the people and the drama that they brought into my life <laughs> was what he used to grow my patience. It was like a year of difficult females, one after the other, that just tried me left and right. I realized my prayers were being answered in that way. But you know what? I saw the difficult situations for what it was. And I thank God for it later on. I thank God for those horrible people that I had to, you know, do life with, work with, that I just couldn't escape. I was leveling up, learning how to deal with those special personalities. While later on, I found out they were on their own paths. They were on their way to getting kicked out the Navy, locked up and, or whatever else their life choices, uh, the paths that their life choices were leading them down. God had conditioned me to where I could identify those difficult characters that he was bringing in and out of my life as exactly what they were. They were just training exercises. He, he was teaching me some things. He was revealing things to me and he was opening up my eyes to see not the person in front of me, not the, not their, their special personality and the character, um, that they had and the drama that they brought into my life, not what was directly in front of me, but what, what was in my heart, what I brought to the table and my contribution to the chaos and how to effectively respond in ways that are not carnal, but more spiritual. You know, that he helped me to walk in the spirit more in those situations. And then eventually when I learned to identify people quicker for who they are in my life, you know, that God was bringing them to, to teach me some things, to reveal some things to me, to open up my eyes. I started praying for them. Even when they were torturing me and tormenting me with, the craziness they brought into my life. I started praying for them. Here's a pearl to wrap up the segment. We can choose to view isolation from the most basic premise of withdrawal, abandonment, or retreating to, to take time to yourself. Again, the list is not exhaustive. Or we can choose to take a deeper approach to the topic of isolation by first and foremost understanding that we are never alone if we have eyes to see and ears to hear we we may be isolated from flesh and blood but our father in heaven is always near and his hosts of angels are always on standby ready to go to war for us and administer to our spirit 
feeling mentally or actually being physically alone, scared, outnumbered, confused, or lost can, can be the exact space God needs us in so he can speak to us, so we can hear him, so we can receive his counsel and learn to follow his instruction for our lives. AC Talk. As I mentioned in the intro, I was on bed rest from a procedure that I had over the summer. And during that time, I felt like the biggest sad sack of stuffed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, I was swollen and aching and just in a mental fog. And I just did not feel like myself. Yes, I had a procedure. Yes, I was healing and recovering. And I know all that. But I'm the worst baby when it comes to pain and recovery. For one, I can't get anything done. And as many mommies know, the responsibilities at home, around the house, the admin, the kids, the the education, if you're homeschooling, and the work can really pile up quickly if we're not on it and it's not being maintained. It's like taking a week off for vacation just to come back to a week worth of work and chores. Um, just, it's just this instant regret feeling when it comes to taking care of our bodies. It's clearly different in my case, of course, and it certainly was not the end of the world, but the isolation I felt in just seven short days, is just torture for me. Not because I didn't have anyone to call or check in on me because I certainly did. But for me, mental isolation is a huge trigger. Uh, I went through a few years of depression, grief over the loss of my twin brother in 2020 and uh, the whole COVID situation. Everybody was fearful and running from each other. And I just had major anxiety. I've been on depression and anxiety meds since I exited the military up until about this year, spring 2023, around the time of my anniversary. I told my husband in January that I didn't want to go into this next chapter of my marriage and my life in my 40s on medication in a medicated fog of any sort, dependent on pharmaceuticals to pacify normal day-to-day functions. And and when I'm triggered, I don't want to run to medication um, to to settle me. I just didn't want that for myself. I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I couldn't see my life going into my 40s or the next decade of my marriage, not knowing when, when I'd be off medication because the last couple of years, the increasing, it got increasingly higher with the dosage. And I didn't want to sit around waiting for the doctors to let me know when I could wean off of these drugs. I was also scared of what condition my brain would be in in just a few short years if if I didn't wean off of them. So I made a decision. In January 2023, against my doctor's recommendation, I committed to weaning myself off of medication completely and replacing it with diet, exercise, and a serious detox. I'd be happy to share more about that process in future episodes, how I detox off of 
antidepressants and anxiety medication, commercial products, and a lot of the processed foods that I'm convinced were collectively poisoning me. Um, I'll also talk about how I'm able to, to process those inevitable triggers and stressors that life throw, throws at us while maintaining a busy life and ministry at home with my children, with my hubby. So anyway, be on the lookout for that journey um, in future episodes. Going back to the topic of isolation. Again, I was laid up in bed on, med- on medication, recovering from uh, a medical procedure. And I definitely needed the rest. And I tried my best to take advantage of the just the time off of my feet in bed, getting catered to by this really attractive blue-eyed man with with a beard that was like salt, pepper, and paprika. <laughs> I always joke with hubby because I know I know a lot of women love, uh, you know, the, the salt and pepper look. But my husband has a little bit of a red, you know, tint. And he's got red in his beard um, when he grows his hair out. He's got, you know, kind of like blonde, brown, and red hair. It's this different color combination. So, but he keeps his hair cut short. And so I always tell him, because his beard is like the only facial, you know, the hair growing from the neck up, it's the only hair that he has. So, and the red comes out. And I always tell him, man, I really like that salt, pepper, and paprika. It's, it's doing it for me. <laughs> so it's not, the, it's not the rest part that I struggled with. It's the triggering feeling that I was being taken back to a time and season in my life that... I fought so hard to come out of that dark place that I was in, that it was, it was a time where I felt very uncertain, very insecure, um, just anxiety ridden, a little hopeless. It was just a place I'd found myself in and stuck for years. I felt isolated, depressed, not knowing how long it would take me to come up out of it or if I'd ever come up out of it in one piece. I didn't want to regress and the medication um, that I was on during my recovery was a trigger for me and I just had to cry out to God for for just energy to do something anything so that I didn't feel that I was regressing in that way so for me just laying around doing nothing letting the medication take over my brain emotion that's no bueno I, I don't like that feeling I'm thankful for a smooth procedure and to my hubby who really held down the fort and he took excellent care of me. By day seven of my recovery, I was somewhat on my feet doing a little bit more, probably more than what I should have been doing, (laughs) if I'm honest. But on that day, I remember crying and whining to my husband how I felt so incredibly useless and unproductive. I couldn't lift anything heavier than 10 pounds. Um, I could barely walk without feeling pain in my back and my stomach. And uh, I was exhausted walking from the bathroom to like the kids room. Uh, And it's just my energy was just low. Again, I'm recovering. All my energy was concentrated on healing. I know, I know. (laughs) But I'm a high energy person. I got to keep it moving. So I started begging God for help. I started asking him for for energy. I didn't have the energy or the mental clarity to read, to write, um, just to do homeschool planning or anything just in bed. If I'm going to be sitting around in bed, the least I could do is just 
you know, do some writing, do some reading. That's all, that's all I wanted. <laughs> I know, I know I'm, I'm being a big baby about it, but I'm just being honest. Um, a whole week of being in a mental mush and binge watching TV is just not my thing. I don't like it. Hubby would be at work. He's all high energy, giving me the old motivational pep talk and attempts to try and get me, get my spirits up and, you know, just I, probably to get me to stop complaining. Um, and I was just being an Eeyore. I was just being an Eeyore like, oh, it's going to rain. Thanks, Mr. Energy, but that's probably not going to work. And I was just being a brat for no reason. And a little bit because it was funny and I want to give him a hard time, probably because I was bored. But I get off the phone with him and just continue my whining. And it just, it carried over to my prayers. I whined and cried to God, like, can I please have some energy? I don't like the feeling of feeling like a sluggard. I just want some energy. So I remember the moment God answered my prayers. It was almost immediate. I laughed at myself that day because I felt like that bratty little toddler who's begging daddy for candy or something. I got up, walked to the bathroom, washed my hands. And immediately afterwards, I felt this rush of energy just flow through me. And I'm just like, yes, all right, yes. Um, some ideas started floating around in my, in my brain. And I just had an urge to write. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I sat down and... I got real comfortable in my, my chair. I usually have this blanket that I put over my legs and I got my little space heater and I started writing. I picked up this piece I started earlier this year, um, a little slightly different um, when it comes to the topic of isolation. Um, the phase that I'd gone through then, it was it was not a medical situation and nothing was seemingly wrong. Um, it was less of the mental isolation and more of a physical isolation that um, I was wrestling with. Was I feeling isolated physically from the rest of the world because of something I was doing to myself? Or was it a lack, was it a lack of quality friendships or was it something else? That's kind of what I was wrestling with in, on the isolation front. Whatever it was, I felt alone. It's, you know, have you ever been in a room full of people and you feel alone? Yes, that's what I was going through. And I just couldn't figure out and pinpoint why. I initially thought it was a little weird and a little borderline, borderline sad because I'm a mom at home. I, I spent a lot of hours by myself anyway. Yes, I'm surrounded by children, but as an adult, my adult interactions are just, are just low. Okay, that's just what it is. That's the season of life that I'm in. Then I considered the scriptures and how God isolated his people for specific reasons. Some were isolated to prepare them for a commission. Others he removed from the community to prompt to to protect them from ensuing danger. Um, Jesus himself went into the desert to be alone for a significant amount of time. Um from my vantage point, I view time at home as a refuge from the hustle and bustle of uh, a busy life outside of the home and the stresses of the, the workforce. Home is one of the places that give me peace and clarity. And 
it has always drawn out and fed the creative side of me. Um, for for many, home is a sanctuary, and it, it's it's meant to be their uh, it's meant to be a space where they're they are their most unguarded self, and it's it's a place to build beautiful memories. Some can listen to this episode and think that I'm nuts, especially with all the children that I have. How can you be, how can you view life at home uh, with little to no adult interaction for, you know, days at a time as, as a good thing? In my book, AC Pearls, Writing a Legacy, I speak on how our bodies are like vessels that take in, store, and project energy. There are many types of energies. There's good, bad, toxic, ominous, energizing, and so on. While children can definitely suck the life out of a person, I found that they are equally life-giving and sources of healing. Babies tend to slow life down. You have no choice but to hit the pause button and put things into perspective when you're around babies. Uh, We remember the simple and enjoyable parts of life around children. By comparison, adults and adult interactions can feel like a constant emotional and psychological battle. We're always on guard. We're always on defense. And sometimes, you know, other adult interactions can suck the life out of you more than give life and speak life into you. This young man at the checkout counter just the other day, who just before my procedure, of course, who clearly he didn't like his job. He clearly just gave gave off all the vibes that he didn't want to be there. Uh, He was just purposely dragging his booty, just scanning the groceries with no regard for the 20 people in line just waiting on him. Or the woman at the dog park who within moments of arriving says to me, you know, my Louise will bite your dog's head off if you, if you, you know, get testy with me. And it's just like the Eeyores of the world seem to make it their mission to discourage you, to discourage those who are natural high energy, who, who bounce into the office with positive energy at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, ready to start the week off on a positive note. And as annoying as those bubbly personalities can be, the workspace, the workforce, if you're in the workforce, um, if they can, we can use that type of energy and relief, but you know, it, it comes with the cost. It comes sometimes out of fight. So nah, children at home or, you know, adult interactions in the world, you know, whatever your, your cup of tea is, is it is what it is, but being constantly guarded guarded against potential emotional and psychological harm, it can be real exhausting. Being on defense is like a warrior in full battle dress all the time with no relief. Home and being around children for me is where the shields can be lowered. The sword can be put away. We can strip ourselves of that heavy armor and just relax and be ourselves. That's that's safe haven for me. From a biblical perspective, Christians are called to put on the whole armor of God. That's in the, uh, Ephesians six ten through seventeen. Children <laughs> suck the energy out of us in a way that can be beneficial. If I'm honest, my girls suck the bad out to provide God room to put in the good. They're like mirrors. Children reveal the the bad in us. They reveal how impatient we are. 
how ignorant we are, selfish, prideful, a little self-absorbed. Children can teach us to be patient when we're frustrated, to be more uh, grateful, more than complain, to seek understanding and forgive often. Being angry all day takes just as much energy as finding positive and productive solutions. Children remind us to play, to be silly, to be goofy, and they give us permission to be all those things. Children are eager to please, and they don't need much to feel validated. Newborn babies melt in your melt in your arms and they melt your heart away, just holding them and smelling them. Yes, I'm that weirdo that loves to smell babies. And there's nothing in the world just like the smell of a precious newborn, by the way. Someone needs to bottle that smell up. <laughs> uh, babies don't have to tell us to to be soft, to use soft voices, to make sure there's a space for them that's clean and safe. Um, children don't have to tell us that they need to be protected. We just instinctively know that we're naturally, we naturally want to, to do those things. Um, I've witnessed some of the meanest people in the world just turn to big marshmallows around babies. So anyway, that's why I think home, being at home, being around children can be a source of healing and a refuge for me. Being a, a full-time mom at home certainly can be exhausting. It can exa- exhaust anybody with the workload of home management, caring for children, educating, all that. Um, but it also adds joy because you know that the, the fruit of your labor is it's just adding up. And then one day it will, it will produce a harvest. It'll take about 18 years, but, you know, it's there. It'll be there. Interestingly enough, the laboring for family and children at home is a different kind of tire compared to the hustle and bustle of a nine to five job. I may be cut off and physically isolated from, from the world outside of the four walls of the home that I'm, you know, that I'm ministering in. I may be outnumbered and some days I may feel like I'm going crazy day after day, year after year, but it's all working out for good. I'm convinced there, there is an intelligent design for how God structured marriage and the role of men and women, despite the negative connotations from the culture. Once I, and I'm going to use the S word, submitted to letting my husband and children teach me about myself and um, embracing these four walls as a good thing, this isolation as a good thing. Um, to learn more about myself, learn more through my circumstances and discovering ways to create a family dynamic that we all can thrive in. It just, it just all makes sense now. It made isolation and the struggle worth, worth the time and energy, worth being in that space. So here's a pearl to wrap up the segment. To my children who may one day go through a season of mental or physical isolation, and by extension, all those who may benefit from this counsel. Dear daughter, not being able to do what you want when you want is not a prison. It's tempting to take the four walls God has isolated you to for his glory and treat it less than a blessing because it doesn't feel like one. That's a temptation. Remember not to rely on your own understanding. Consider looking at it from a position of ministry. The season you are in 
the isolation you find yourself in, it, it's building up your testimony that one day you're going to have to share. Simply ask your father in heaven what it is that you need, what it is that you want. Cast your worries onto him and he will give you rest. Dear son, God works all things out for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That pressure and weight on your shoulders may seem heavy, but consider the burdens that the world puts on us. God's yoke is easy and his burdens are light. See striving and know that he is God. That isolation that you feel when, when you're surrounded by many, but, but you just feel like you're alone. That fear that you may have because you just can't see the, the, the angels around you that are ready to go to war for you. Remember from whence your help comes from. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. All right, that concludes the conversation for today. I trust the podcast encourages you to continue the conversation in your family circle. Stop by my IG and Facebook page at ACS Visions. Show me some love, share your comments on the episode and how this podcast is encouraging you. You can also visit my website at www.acsvisions.com. You'll find a link to send me an email if you'd like to show your support that way. As a reminder, episodes are published every Thursday. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcasting platform so you get notified the moment a new episode drops. Thank you for listening to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. Until next time.